Welcome to Perspectives on Social Justice, where we're giving the world a voice. I'm Lara Lane White, your host. All it takes is a drive around the community to see that a number of individuals are indeed taking action and creating projects towards sovereignty. And new urban farmers are taking root every day. And for the rural farmers, there's been a rise in the cost of business in order to meet supply and demand. The times are calling for us to strive to create food systems on every level from food manufacturers and processors to local communities and individual households. Systems that not only produce, distribute, and consume food, but also command policies of availability, command policies of access distribution, and dictate the culture of its use. Obtaining a high level of sustainability in food systems is not as difficult as you think. All it takes is a little patience and understanding of the processes of food security and sovereignty. And you can be the solution phase of eradicating food insecurity in your community. And the times call for families and communities to create food systems with the goal of seeking sovereignty. But what does that mean? What does it take and where do we start? We're gonna talk about that in our series this month. And I wanna thank everyone of you for joining our dialogues on food insecurity and farming. For our viewers and podcast listeners, we will produce a quarterly spotlight on this topic, of, uh, on the topic of food insecurity, as well as a blog. For the month of June, we are providing farm spotlights and tips on how you can make a difference in the food chain during these times of higher food prices. We are in dialogue on the concept of food sovereignty and what it means in communities. Our first guest, our guest, Katherine Arnold. She is the president of Baby Katie's Farm located in Snellville, Georgia. This nonprofit operates uh, this nonprofit operation brings low-income neighborhoods together through gardening with a mission to provide fresh fruits and vegetables to people who are not typically able to afford organic produce or even have access to them. She works with families to help them grow their own food, learn bus the business of selling and trading commodities, as well as creating and maintaining a budget for financial independence. You can find her on her website as well as her Instagram. What a beautiful Instagram it is. We also have Tony and Belinda Jones. The Joneses established the Morning Glory Homestead Farm as an expansion of what their family grew for their own provisions. The farm offers a variety of vegetables grown uh, using sustainable agriculture and permaculture methods. In addition to their produce, they maintain a full complement of chickens and ducks and hogs. And their uh, and other meat board, bird, other meat birds, and offer classes, farm tours, workshops, and they hold special events highlighting South Carolina's Gullah history. And so we're excited to have them here today, and we're glad to uh, have both uh, Catherine as well as. Um, the Joneses to join us here today, and we're glad that you guys thought it not robbery 
to come mm-hmm. and be a part of this conversation. Now we're gonna go ahead and get started. Now there there's a new term out. Well, at least it's new for me. They call it um, food sovereignty, and it talks about um, each of us being able to have a hand and control of all of those factors that come into uh, food security, including access, including uh, including access, including quality, including use, the production, the distribution of the food, having that kind of control. Uh, I, I, I can't stop being impressed by the CSAs that are out there trying to put a dent and what's going on with these one point these eleven point five million households. Um, what what are some ways that people can aid in their own sovereignty or their own food sovereignty? How can they get there? What what, what is it going to take? Is it difficult? Is it easy? Give your perspective, uh, both of you, on, on that. I think that, you know, offering classes that um, help demonstrate to people how they can be um, in control of what they eat and um, giving them opportunities to come to your property or where you're farming. Um, I know that since since we've been introduced with um, um, Katie's, we've heard of her you know, farm or her work days and how people are coming and, and we, we've had similar type of situations. And, and so that's when, you know, when people get a chance to be, a, be around the person who's promoting the, um, the food and nutrition, um, the values of gardening and, and, um, fresh food and that type of thing. And, and they get a chance to, um, interact with you on a on a one on one level and talk to you and see how real it it is you know and that you're not just you're not just saying it you're living it and so um, I've I've really been you know impressed like you know so we're following um, <laughs> um the uh, on Instagram and and you know when she's offering advice about you know a, the nutritional value or something or a beverage that she's created or is you know those types of things and we and we're doing some similar types of things offering recipes sometimes people are afraid to try the types of food that we're talking about because they don't know how to prepare it and when we share that it helps them have more uh sense of security about listen i'm not afraid to try that eggplant over there that i've never seen before you know, um, that maybe that Ichiban um, eggplant or, you know, they've only seen the big dark purple ones. And then you see the long elongated light purple ones. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't know what to do with that. And then you give them a recipe card or you demonstrate how to use that. And then and it makes them feel like more empowered. And when people feel more empowered and then they'll know, listen, I don't have to limit what I my vegetables to string beans and corn on the cob, you know, things I only, you know, I know about, not that those things are not good, but let's branch out a little bit and, and, and eat a few more things. And, and then, you know, to see, this is what it looks like when it's growing. Um, and, and feel the excitement about, um, 
knowing that something came from that really small seed. And look at that plant now and the flowers and it produces that vegetable and that fruit. There's a whole just excitement about seeing that and then being able to harvest it and bring it inside and cook it. You know, we just cut some, totally cut okra the other day. It was in our meal. It was, we had that in Amelia just, this, you know, the same day. We're eating it, you know. Um, fresh zucchini. We're going we're gonna to find a way that, you know, even try a new way to eat it. So I think when we feel comfortable, sometimes we don't branch out because we don't feel comfortable with what we want to eat. And I think when, when we, those of us who are in position to introduce foods and to show people how to possible ways of preparing it and how good and nutritious it is, that I think we really have a responsibility to help people see, you know, because what if they go to the market and what they find there is something that they've never experienced before. And that's, you know, they only have a couple of vegetables available and um, they have to make a selection between something they, of, of things they don't know. And if we empower them, if we say, okay, I know that you may not be familiar with this, but if you do this, this, and this, you know, here's a recipe card, here's how you can use it. And um, don't be afraid of this because, you know, that's what's in season right now. And that's what we have. And, um, but it's good for you and it's tasty. And I think when we empower them by that knowledge, then it makes them feel more um, secure in, in trying things and um, presenting their families with different options. Because when they go looking for green beans and they're only finding, um, you know, um, some, some type of vegetable they have not been familiar with, then at least they know now, hey, I've tried this. I know about that. Somebody taught me about this. And we're going to have this today. And... That's, that's, that's empowering. And, and another thing that uh, how you can help folks is getting out of this fear factor. Stop being afraid to take the plunge. You know, the greatest inventions that have ever been made were built on failure. Mm -hmm. So go out, get you a five-gallon bucket, Put some salt in, put a little um, uh, manure, uh, I mean, compost in there, and put a sprinkle a couple seeds. And don't be afraid, that, you know, the, you know, you, you may you may mess up the first time, but if you fail, get ask someone um, in your community. Your extension agents are in despite in every community or close by or a phone call away. You can contact those folks and ask, you know, well, hey, I tried it this way and it didn't work. What what suggestions, what recommendations you can give to me? And get and ask the question and 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 don't be afraid to go out and 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 do your own stuff. And and uh, and eventually you may graduate from that five gallon bucket to that little plot. In, in your um, in your front yard but take the plunge stop being afraid uh, of of, um, of of failing just go ahead and um and, and, and enjoy what you've been given I'll, I'll pause on that uh, I think my biggest thing for people who 
want to become or want to do their part, as they say, is um, outside of that fear factor, because that's a big part, time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let, oh, I don't have time for this, or, oh, I don't have the space for this, be a factor. There is a way to grow something everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. Some mm-hmm. from little money to very costly, however you want your setup to be, there is a way for you to grow something somewhere, no matter where you are. And I think that people should really just take the time to put a seed in some soil, put a seed yeah. in some water, put a seed <laughs> in some cocoa core, put a seed yeah. in some type of medium, whichever <laughs> medium you like. Exactly. And, and grow something. I mean, okra takes nothing. Okra is probably the best crop you can grow. And if you don't like okra because it's slimy, eat it raw. Pickle it. Do something oh, yes. with it. Yes. You know? yes. 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 And, and the thing of it is, too, you, before you, when you clean out your refrigerator, those old, old um, vegetables and fruit that might be um, looking slimy, don't throw those things away. Take that bucket, put the stuff in the um, in in the soil, and you'll be amazed what happens. Yeah, start a compost pile. You don't necessarily need to. Yeah, for some of you could start a compost pile. And you know, when you when you uh, you were talking about you know taking just a, you know taking a seed, you know, I, I um, was in the uh, a dollar one of the dollar stores in our area, and they have. Uh, you can get four packs of seed for a dollar. So that's 25 cents a pack, right? Now, when some people may say, well, those aren't the best quality seeds. Well, you know what? I just decided I was going to try. I've tried them before. I tried them again. And um, when I was at the checkout, the the young lady there, she was like, oh, you got some of the watermelon seeds? And she said, those things will really grow. She said, I just had, I bought a pack and I just threw it outside in the yard. And it already got some vines coming up. I said, yes, they will do that. <laughs> and she was totally amazed. She works at the store. She probably even got them, you know, for cheaper than the 25 cents. But the excitement that she had, that because she decided to try it and she, she didn't take the time to really try to cultivate, you know, the prop, the, the, the soil or anything. She said, I just threw them out there in the yard. But, you know, you may want to do a little bit more than that. But the, if that's all you have time to do and you want to see if it'll grow, give it a shot. And like she found out, she's got watermelon vines growing right now wherever she threw those in her yard. And she is fascinated by the fact that she is now growing watermelon. And 25 cents for a pack, you know, don't take a chance. That doesn't cost much at all. When you consider that you're going to get maybe 10 seeds out of that, but one watermelon plant is successfully is going to give you somewhere like, you know, five, 10 watermelons, which with more seeds. So you imagine if you saved one of those and, and started some more, I mean, it's just so exciting. The potential that's there when you when you plant a seed to see what is growing, and I've even heard when you were talking about the okra, 
someone said, hey, have you ever um, heard about people who make soap out of okra leaves? I said, no, I've never heard of that. And so now I've learned something from somebody too who was visiting here that that's another part of the plant. And I know that, you know, almost every part of the okra plant can be eaten. So, or used in some way that's going to benefit our um, our families and our and our, our, the way we take care of each other, of ourselves. So that it's just so cool the things you can learn from one another, and um, even in that just one little comment from that lady just made me feel so good about her trying, you know, and um, I threw it out there and it grew. It's almost like. Um, um, the Tom, uh, the guy, the, the with who the the magic beans, he threw them out, and then the stalk grew, and he went up to the giant. But um, hey, it it is it's an adventure, and and it's a nutritional adventure. And and <laughs> and the thing of it is, time for people to stop making excuses. And my wife's gonna kick me under the table on this. Yeah. But one of the thin, one of the the, the good ex examples or definitions of an excuse is a thin layer of truth spread over a bold-faced lie and a lie is a lie no matter how you put it. So when you're sitting down watching that TV, watching that favorite program, you can have your bucket in front of you, sprinkle a few seeds, cover it up, and guess what? Voila, you've already you've done two things. You watch your favorite show and you just planted something. Or you could be soaking them overnight for the you know, to plant the next day because that's going to speed up the germination process when you soak the seeds or, or at least for a few hours. Okay, so see, that's okay. Thank you for that. Because the next question, the last question I wanted to, and we, we, I, we talked about this before we went on the air, is I wanted you guys to share. Now, you've shared a whole lot of tips on how to get started, right? There are lots of organizations that want to start a gardening project. So in your for in your professional, and I'm using I'm just really putting it out there, professional, and your professional opinions, if for those organizations that want to start a gardening project, what is your um you know, what is your where where, where should they start? They and should we'll, start with the local farmer. If you have a growing project. And you are an organization who, whether you're familiar with growing or not, reach out to the local farmers, reach out to the extension services, ask them, hey, who, what farmers are in this area? How can we, we want to show up in this capacity. We want to know who's already doing this and how they can help us help these people, help us help them help us. Um, it's very important. I think oftentimes we are overlooked as farmers. I mean, even the big farmers are overlooked. Everybody's overlooked as people who grow food because a lot of people just don't think about where your food comes from. Um, but these are, these are hands. These are hands. These are machines. These are brains. These are people with feelings that are making your food. And oftentimes when people create these big programs where they want to do all these things, you don't go to the people that's already doing it. And it's really important that we include the people who are doing the work in the projects that are going to be the work. And, and that's true. And take time to do your research before you head out on the project. 
One, uh, the next step is in there is uh, part of that research is getting a soil sample, as, as Catherine mentioned, and taking it down to your local extension service to see what amenities might need to be added in there. You know, the years of just going out, throwing triple 10 in an area, you, you may not need uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. You, you may only need two of them. So to, and especially with the price of fertilizer now, you, um, you need to, to, to take the due diligence to find out what you're going to need to, to do that. And then get, um, go contact a local farmer. Yes, he or she may charge you a consultant fee because guess what? <clears throat> they have taken the due time. Um, they need to be paid <clears throat> for that knowledge. Um, I remember years ago when my father, uh, my father was an electrician and uh, he went on a service uh, job and he was through in about 10 minutes and he gave the person the bill and they said, uh, great goodness, you know, I, I didn't know that, you know, it would cost, you only did it for 10 minutes. My dad said, you're not paying me for what I did, you're paying me for what I know. Hmm. Well. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely so. That's facts. That's real. Because yeah. the years, the decade or longer that we've spent, we're saving people time and mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you come to the people that have been doing the work, there's several things that aren't going to happen for you in a good way because you went to a person that was already knowledgeable. Exactly. There's an um, organization like that in um, South Carolina. That's It's in um, Calhoun, Orangeburg, and Bamberg counties. And they're, um, they're called Growing Cobb. And they went to farmers and extension people, and um, along with some um, DHEC people. And they have this beautiful organization now that's providing food in underserved uh, communities in those areas. And they're growing, not only are they growing at local churches, at local parks, at local hospitals. hospitals. And yeah, the hospital has a beautiful garden that's, and they're giving, um, for like, for example, fresh greens to some of the, the, the patients that are coming out are able to go over and get um, fresh greens, um, and they don't, they're not, there's no fee. Um, they've already received their donations and, um, from, um, growing cob has already received donations. And so they're just growing things to service the community. They have giveaways, they're helping food banks. They're all with all of these gardens. And so farmers are growing on their property and donating. Um, and they're connecting with other food service, um, food hubs. But but the one of the first things they did was connect with local farmers. And those farmers are sharing their knowledge. Some of them are even sharing some some of their seeds. You know, they're donating seeds and their time and their knowledge. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, it's when when farmers are sharing that information, they are helping to troubleshoot for you 
because they already have that knowledge. They already they've already been there, done that, and they can tell you what to expect. Um, and especially when you're talking about what diseases and pests may be attacking your what you know whatever you're growing, they already know that. And if you know, and if you want to be organic or as close to that as possible, they can help you pick out ways to be that and 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 provide um, organic and chemical free. Um, produce so they're a wealth of knowledge definitely so we are we are <laughs> we all are those of us who are planting and we don't mind sharing because that's all that's a lot of that's a part of what we do you know you would hope that I, um some of the food service um industries you know yes they're businesses and they want to make a profit but can't part of your profit be the the nutritional value that you pass on to your community Mm -hmm. Can you see that as a profit mm -hmm. and and not just the, the money as the profit mm -hmm. when you're benefiting right. your community? That's, that's an in-kind um, profit right there. And mm -hmm. they ought to be with that. But that's, that's good stuff. Uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to end on that. On next week, the farmers return in dialogue. And this conversation is going to be more about food insecurity and its impacts on what we see in the grocery store.